Welcome to Ginspired, brought to you by theginshop.ca. This podcast will take you on a journey into the world of gin, where you'll experience this versatile spirit in ways you never thought possible. Now the host of Ginspired, Heather E. Wilson. Hello and welcome to Ginspired, where we talk about and celebrate everything about the wonderful juniper lace spirit called gin. I'm your host, Heather E. Wilson. And on today's episode, I welcome Martin Reed, co-founder of Reed's Distillery, located in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Today, we chat about his journey to becoming a distillery owner, the story behind Reed's Distillery, their products, their services, and of course, a fun incident or two. Welcome, Martin. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. But first... As with all episodes, let's start by sharing what we're drinking today. Martin, you can go first. What are you drinking? Yeah, I'm having a gin and tonic, a blood orange gin and tonic using our spice gin, which is more of a flavorful gin. And uh, the tonic water I'm using is an elderflower tonic. So a little bit of the sweetness of the elderflower to go with the spice and garnish with some sliced fresh blood oranges, which are not always in season. So when we do get them, it's nice to have. And we use them quite a bit at the distillery. Oh, I love it. I love a blood orange. And they're a challenge to get. You're correct on that. Yeah, yeah. Sounds yummy. And you beat me to it because I'm having a gin and tonic too. <laughs> it must be the nice weather. It is. It's so gorgeous here right now. And so I'm having the Reed Citrus Gin. And I have the Fever Tree Refreshingly Light Tonic and garnished with lime, slices of lime, because I really love all that citrus flavor. So excellent, refreshing, light cocktail for, you know, happy hour on uh, Friday. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, All right. So let's chat about you first before we get into the distillery so did you always love gin did you grow up with it in your house anything like that it was in my house I wouldn't say it was the dominant spirit in the house my father was much more of a scotch drinker although there was gin and it was your traditional London dry gins that were around but I wouldn't say there was a lot of it drunk when I was growing up as I became an adult I drank a little bit more gin and in particular in cocktails and quite familiar with the gins that we could get here in North America. It really wasn't until my daughter went to university in the UK. She studied in Scotland and then eventually moved to London. Mm-hmm. And anytime I was going over to visit her or anytime she was coming home, she'd bring these unique gins back that were very flavorful and very smooth and just really sort of opened up my world to what's possible as far as gin, getting away from sort of the older traditional style gins. Right. Yeah. Man, the UK definitely had a lot better selection of gin years ago. Now, you know, Canada obviously is doing better on that. But yes, getting some really unique, yummy ones from Scotland and London would be eye-opening for sure. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, and I would say I started to drink gin a lot more because of that and just seeing what was possible with gin. I I would say I was still mostly a scotch drinker, but also a gin drinker and a a wine drinker as well. But, But gin definitely sort of rose up in the priority. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So then let's talk about the story behind Reed's distillery then. How did that come about? 
So not unlike learning about the gins, I was a banker most of my career, 30 plus years as a banker, and I was looking for a bit of a career change. Sent out an email to my three kids. I've got two sons and a daughter with a bunch of different ideas about maybe starting up a business. And there was nothing really that appealed. One of the ideas in there was to start up a microbrewery. I'm not a big beer drinker, and but my two sons have been involved in beer making and They made a lot of beer at university. They made a lot of beer. They worked at some breweries and stuff. So they really had that side of it, but kind of thought that was maybe a little bit saturated. And as I say, I wasn't a big beer drinker, so it's hard to get passionate about it. My daughter was living in London and I had some time off and said, you know, do you mind if I come over? She said, no, what do you want to do? I said, it doesn't matter. She said, do you want to go visit gin distilleries? I said, sure. (laughs) Sign me up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It didn't take a lot of convincing. So off I went. And for a week in the daytime, we would visit different gin distilleries and everything from the big guys, the the Bombay Sapphires and the Beefeaters to the small guys, the Cambridge distilleries and the City of London distilleries and stuff. And in the evening, we would go to gin bars. And it amazed me that you've got bars in London that just sell gin. Mind-blowing. Yeah, they'll have five or 600 types of gin and all kinds of creative cocktails. And it literally is the second gin craze that's happening over there or was happening over there. And, uh, you know, it's now spread around the world. But it was seeing what was happening there. And uh, I talked to Jacqueline about the idea. She thought it was good. I came back. I talked to my sons. They were up for it. So we launched the business in June of 2017 around my dining room table with a bunch of whiteboards. Mm -hmm. And then it was really first order of business was to find a location. And that's really when it became real. You know, there was no turning back at that point. We were all in and my sons and I live in Toronto. And so we wanted to be in Toronto. It is a challenging area to start a distillery because it's a lot more expensive for sure. There's a lot more work involved in getting there and getting the right size space. So it took us a little while to find the space. So we ended up finding a space in Leslieville, which is you know part of Toronto, sort of down not too far from the beaches. And we moved into there in December of 2017. But it took us about a year and a half to get our doors open. We didn't open until May of 2019, just a mere 10 months before a pandemic. (laughs) Maybe not the best timing, but we still got our doors open. So no complaints. Well, at least you opened before everything, you know, you had that chance to get slightly established before, you know, the world shut down. (laughs) Yes. Okay. And so Leslieville is like kind of the part of Toronto? It's sort of the eastern part. It's just east of the financial district It's and west of the beaches, but it is right downtown. Over the last number of years, it's become very much the movie studio district. So there's a whole bunch of movie studios in the area. So there used to be years ago, a lot of industrial down in the south part of Leslieville. And we're just at the very top edge of that industrial part. And most of it's been converted to, as I say, movie studios and different things related to the movie industry or artistic endeavors. It's really got a unique kind of flavor to it, the the whole Leslieville community. And it's a wonderful community for supporting small business, for supporting local, much more than I would have ever imagined. Wow. So... Do you get like walk-ins then now that we're open again? You know, did you have people come in off the street and curious about the distillery and your products? So we've got a retail store 
The original plans were to have the manufacturing facility and a small retail store. The space we ended up with was much larger than we were looking for. So we've got a good size retail store. We've got a cocktail lounge, which allows us to showcase our product. And then we've got the manufacturing facility. And, you know, the cocktail lounge, you know, was open pre-pandemic, but for the most part through the pandemic, we had to have that closed. But we were able to keep a retail store and our manufacturing operating, which was really what sort of kept us alive through that time. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, so let's talk about the actual gin and your products. So tell me about your lineup of gin, I guess. Yeah, so we've got three main gins. We've done sort of one-off gins, and we've got some infusions coming out in the next little while. But our three main gins are, I would call it a very smooth version of a London dry style gin. And we've got 11 botanicals in there. We spend a lot of time developing the recipe for that one. We've got a very unique Canadian botanical in there that we don't think anybody else is using. And it's called sweet fern. It's a small fern plant, grows around the shores of Hudson Bay, wildly foraged. It's got a very delicate sweetness. It's a really nice botanical to have in our gin. So we've got that in there as well as some of your traditional botanicals like orris root and coriander, angelica root, you know, juniper, of course. Got some cubeb berry in there, which adds a small amount, but just adds a nice bit of spice to that, some fennel, very tiny amount of apple and from a farm just northwest of Toronto. It's a very nice, balanced, smooth London dry style. So it works in pretty much any cocktail. It's very versatile and great in a martini. So when we were de- ask, that yeah. sounds like it would be great in a martini. Yeah, when we developed the recipes for all our gins you know we try them on their own we do a lot of tasting we do tasting with the ice but we also try them in different cocktails so in a negroni a martini a french 75 a gin and tonic you know things like that to make sure that they're smooth enough but also that they've got enough body to stand up in those different cocktails and so, yeah, we were very happy with the end result on that. And since opening, we won a silver medal for our, our signature gin at the San Francisco Spirit Awards. And we won a gold medal at the SIP Awards for our gin. And we also won a double gold medal for our, our bottle design and branding. Wow. Um, yeah, we were quite happy. For a relatively new company, we were very happy. Yeah, that's a huge accomplishment for sure. So that's our, our signature product. Okay. and. The other two products that we have are a citrus gin. And although the cap is yellow, a lot of people think it's a lemon gin and they have bad memories from the past. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Drinking their grandmother's lemon gin. It's not that at all. You know, there's no added sugar or anything. And it's much more of a bouquet of citrus. So Mm -hmm. typically in gin, you're using dried botanicals. In the citrus gin, we're using fresh lemon, lime, grapefruit, and orange. And we're also using Canadian sumac, which has got a citrus flavor to it, a very nice citrus flavor, actually. Mm -hmm. So it was nice to sort of bring in a Canadian element in there and in particular Canadian citrus flavor, which is not something I would have thought possible prior to doing this business. (laughs) I bet you've learned a lot about botanicals over the years. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, and it works very well in a martini with a twist or a French 75 in a gin and tonic, yeah. garnish it with maybe a slice of lemon, some blueberries, or maybe something herbal like thyme or rosemary. And a lot of times people are just drinking it over ice in the summertime. It's a very easy drinking gin. Yeah, I agree. So that's our citrus gin. And then probably the more interesting flavor gin is our spice gin. And 
everybody we introduce it to initially think, oh, this is about heat. This is something hot. You know, I don't really enjoy that. It's a much more complex flavor. So it's more about flavor than it is about heat. There's a tiny amount of Szechuan pepper in there, but very, very tiny amount. What we were looking for was more of a Mideast kind of chai taste to it. And so it's got a lot of green cardamom in there, clove, ginger, murica gale, cassia bark, which is uh, cinnamon, the touch of Szechuan pepper. It's got a touch of orange in there as well, but a very complex flavored gin. Works great in a Negroni. We sell a cocktail kit at the distillery where we do a spice Negroni where we'll use the spice gin, we'll take cassia bark or cinnamon, soak it in the Campari for a few days to give it that really good cinnamony flavor. And instead of vermouth, we use port, a little bit of sweetness of the port, and then we'll garnish it with a dehydrated apple. And it's just a very nice warming cocktail, especially around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. That sounds really yummy. I have to remember that come Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. It also works well in a gin and tonic. I would say you want to garnish it with something a little bit sweeter. So maybe slice of orange or slice of grapefruit. I'll do a martini with a twist, but I'll do a twist of orange instead of a twist of a lemon. So yeah, but a very complex flavor to it and really quite enjoyable. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And then we've done some one-off gins. And as I mentioned, we've got some infusions that'll be coming out in the next month or so. Wow. So do you have other products or do you mostly only focus on gin? We focus on gin and we've intentionally stayed away from, for example, releasing a vodka, which would be easy for us to do. Mm-hmm. We want people to know us as a gin distillery. We did launch just recently an Italian style aperitif, a blood orange aperitif, a little on the bitter side, but very good in a Negroni or in a spritz, or if you like it bitter, just over ice. And we will launch other things as well but we really want to make sure that the focus is around gin. Yay. That's so refreshing because I've talked to a lot of distilleries and most seem to also do multiple other spirits, not just gin. So yeah. I applaud you for focusing on gin because well, thank you. need more of that. Yeah. There's lots that can be done in the gin oh. world. So we're not running short of ideas. That's for sure. I'm sure not. And if you ever need any, you know who to call. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But you also have some cool, fun, like gin experiences in your lounge and online. You do like online tastings and education. Tell me all about how that came about. Yeah. So one of our brand pillars is about education and it's about educating about gin and distilling, but also educating about cocktails. So when we launched the business, one of the first things that we did was launch tours and the tours are, I would say a solid hour and a half, fair bit of consumption of alcohol during the tour. (laughs) You start you off with a gin and tonic. We go through the history. We go through why we got into the business. We go through the manufacturing process. And then we spend a lot of time on recipe development and tasting. Mm -hmm. And you get to try the three different gins. You get to try some of the botanicals and alcohol form to get an idea of how we came up with the recipe. So that's a very popular experience. And we'd launched that pre-pandemic. We also launched pre-pandemic cocktail classes. And it's surprising how many people have a bottle of gin at home and a cocktail shaker, and they just don't know what to do with it. So we usually do three cocktails, usually a twist on a traditional cocktail, and you know, usually in groups of about 15 people, 
come into the distillery. We provide everything. It's a little bit of a social time as well, but also a good time to learn. And we'll teach, you know, a few techniques as we go through the process. So we had launched those before and have relaunched those since reopening just recently. And then we've done a few other things. We do rent the space out for weddings and corporate events and different things like that. We do gin and jazz on Wednesday, Thursday nights. So we have live jazz music. Yeah. And we you know, were fortunate enough. One of our performers was nominated for a Juno for best jazz vocalist. So yeah, we're very happy with the quality of the talent that we get in the space. So, you know, that's been very successful. And then more recently on Mother's Day, we just launched a afternoon tea and we're going to continue doing that. So it wasn't just for Mother's Day, but we'll continue doing that. We started on Mother's Day. And instead of tea in the teapots, you get cocktails in the teapots. Uh, <laughs> the cocktail. I love it. Yeah, the cocktails have tea in them. And, you know, your three-tier trays of sandwiches and pastries and things. And it's been a huge success. I mean, we, that sounds so fun. Yeah, we launched it. We do two seatings on a Sunday and we're sold out, I think, right through the end of June into July. So wow. it's gone very, very well. Yeah. Okay. So what's next then for you and your family in the business? Yeah. You know, to continue leveraging the space that we have, you know, what we built in terms of the cocktail lounge is sort of a living room kind of feel. And it's a very comfortable feel. And what we wanted is people to come in, you know, sit down, have a cocktail, learn a little bit, whether they're attending a class or a tour, or even if they just want to come in and sit and ask questions, you know, we're more than happy to do that. So continuing to sort of encourage people to come in, posting different activities that will continue. You know, we do a lot of brainstorming about different things to do, and we'll continue to launch different things and try different things. On the product side, as I mentioned earlier, we've got some infusions that'll be coming out in the next month or so. Excited about some of them. I think they'll provide something a little bit different that maybe people locally have not had in gin. You know, you get a lot of that kind of stuff in Europe, but exposing, you know, some of the people here in Toronto to that. You know, we've got plans to do a barrel-aged product. Yeah, you know, the way gin is made, you don't have to barrel age it so it's usually aged for a much shorter period of time but it's really to add some color and flavor and you it's a process you want to be careful with because you don't want it to come across as though you're trying to imitate a whiskey exactly you you want to keep that gin taste Mm -hmm. to it but add a little bit something with the barrels. Yeah, looking at that, you know, we've talked about doing an all Canadian botanical gin. We thought maybe we would do that with our original signature gin, but it's a little bit more challenging than we thought. But, you know, we still would like to do that. Some seasonal gins, you know, we did a Christmas gin for Christmas of 2019. And it was the first collaboration in Ontario between two distillers. So it was us and Willibald Distillery. And right. So we collaborated on developing the recipe, on producing it. And, you know, they took half the bottles. We took half the bottles and sold it. It was just a one-time release, but, you know, there's definitely demand for, say, a Christmas gin, things like that. So there's all kinds of things that we can do with gin. And, you know, we'll start to add some more other products. As I mentioned before, we launched the Italian-style aperitif which has gone very well. So, you know, some unique products that maybe people would have on their cocktail bar or, you know, good sipping products that people would enjoy. Yeah. All right. Well, I look forward to seeing what else you come up with. Yeah. Okay. It's now time for your gin-cident story. Do you have, take a good drink before you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, definitely. (laughs) So tell me your gin-cident story. 
Well, as is the case with many businesses, sometimes things happen by accident. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were about three days before opening the distillery and we were bottling our first batch and we had all our bottles. We had 20,000 bottles and wow. our bottles are sort of a decanter style. And we initially had a glass decanter top on them, but they weren't sealing. We were three days away from opening. And so it was a bit of a scramble and it's like, what are we going to do? And Graham, my younger son had sort of said, well, let's just use a standard tea cork and let's wax dip them. And it's like, we can't do that. We don't have time to do that. But thank goodness for Amazon Prime because you could get blue (laughs) wax the next day. So we got the wax, we dipped them. And initially we thought it was just going to be for batch one. That was the plan. But we liked it quite a bit and customers loved it. And so we've continued with the wax dipping on all of our bottles of gin. And it's really become... A part of our brand. So strictly by accident, as I say. Yeah. Now we have 20,000 of these glass caps that we're going to have to figure out some artistic thing to do with them. But. <laughs> yeah. So that was a happy incident. Yes. A happy incident. Yeah. And there's a lot of things like that. You know, how we came up with 42.2% as our alcohol percent. You know, most distillers will go to 40% because it mm-hmm. reduces your tax and you can still call it gin. We did a blind tasting to see where it would come out. And two of us thought 42%, two of us thought 42 and a half. And we debated for a couple of days back and forth. We couldn't come to an agreement. And it was my eldest son, Calvin, who came in the next morning and he said, I've got the solution. Let's do 42.2, which is the distance of a marathon (laughs) in kilometers. And all of us combined have run almost 60 full marathons. And so it may sound impressive. It's not because we're very slow, but we have a lot of fun doing it. (laughs) So, you know, things like that, that just by accident sort of come up and, Mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah, it's, it's fun building a business, fun building a business with your kids and you just never know what's going to happen. Yeah. I was going to say it must be really, I don't know, not just fun, but rewarding to build a business with your children, knowing that it will continue on. Yeah. Some way, shape or form, whether you're there or not. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, they've really stepped up to the plate in terms of their involvement and their passion. You know, it's a little bit like a Sunday dinner. There's lots of laughter. There's lots of high-fiving. There's also lots of heated discussion, but it's all (laughs) from a place of passion. So, you know, can't complain. As a father, to get to see your kids in that work environment on a daily basis is wonderful. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, so is there anything else you'd like to share about anything? You know, we're grateful for the support that people have shown to local. And I think in particular in the distilling industry, local craft, I think, you know, what's happened in Europe, you know, really started 10 years ago or more Mm -hmm. is definitely spreading to Canada. And you're seeing a lot more interest and a lot more curiosity about craft spirits. And, you know, I think it's really grown You know, some of the other provinces are maybe a little bit ahead of Ontario, you know, Quebec and British Columbia are, I think, much more established, but, uh, you know, Ontario is definitely catching up and yeah, it's great to see the support through the pandemic, but even beyond the pandemic. And, you know, for us, we're excited to launch new products and teach people about gin and, you know, it is the original cocktail spirit and it's very versatile. Absolutely. I very much concur. So, yeah. And there you have it. Everything you ever wanted to know about Martin and Reed's Distillery, all their yummy products and their fun events and 
so much more. Please do. If you happen to be in Toronto, stop in, say hello, you know, have some gin tea and crumpets. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Martin, for being here today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening. Be sure to leave us a review and check out the show notes for links to Martin and Reed's Distillery and theginshop.ca for all your gin clothing and novelty needs. Until next time, remember, there's always time for gin. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ginspired, brought to you by theginshop.ca. If we've ginspired you, let us know by leaving us a comment and a review. Or drop us a note at heather at theginshop.ca. We may even read your email or feature your ginspirational story in an upcoming episode. And remember to follow us on social media. Until next time, let the party be gin.